Well, hi there, guys. Thank you for listening to ABC's podcast today. Our prayer as you listen to this podcast is that it would truly be a blessing. Perhaps it may lead you to Christ for the very first time. Or if you know Christ, it'll definitely lead to a deeper commitment to Christ. But in the same breath, what we don't want is for these podcasts to be a replacement for your church. It just can't be. We believe that the gathering of believers, the local church, matters. It matters to you personally, your family, and the community the church is attached to. God's designed us for community with each other. So yes, we pray this podcast is a blessing, an encouragement, a challenge perhaps, definitely an installment moving you closer to Jesus, and we're excited that you're going to listen. But also know that we, it's not a replacement for church. And may God honor your faith as you listen, as you hear Him, and as you obey. Blessings, everyone. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. What a beautiful day it is today. Um, it's just been incredible to see uh, the churches now starting to get mobilized, our ministries starting to pick up again, the gears are turning, momentum is picking up. So thank you, everybody, for your prayers. Continue to remain in prayer. If that's the only thing we do, that'll be the best thing we can do um, with our youth ministries back up, our services back up and running. Um, And just for those who can't join us at the moment, we are still thinking of you. We're praying for you. Remember, the church is one click away. Okay? If there's any practical spiritual need, please be in touch with us. Um, Like we shared with you last week, we're a one body and uh, we want to meet those needs. And rejoice in your good news too. Um, testimonies, prayer items, praise items, thanksgivings. We all need each other. Um, so you don't know what blessing you could be robbing someone else of by not sharing, whether it's a, a need or a testimony. So keep doing that. Thank you. Well, friends, we are still in our expositional journey through Romans chapter 12. And this morning is another intimate look at in the universe of the heart. It is a universe in the heart of man. And speaking of universes, isn't it amazing that with when you look at the scope of our present universe, the magnitude of it, the enormity of it, to think that uh, the closest star, I looked at a Proximus Centauri, hmm? Proximus Centauri is four years away. Uh, four years away from us. That's how far it is. Uh, our Milky Way galaxy, 100,000 light years in diameter, 1,000 light years thick. <laughs> okay, The sun travels to us eight minutes. It takes the light to get to us, traveling at 186,000 miles per minute per second. It's amazing. And that's not including the distant galaxies, which are millions of light years away. And so when we look at the scope and magnitude of the universe, we realize very quickly that the Earth is not the center of the universe, is it? And I mean, we are orbiting on another pattern. Stuff is orbiting around us. We are one of a few other planets running around the universe. And I I mention that because how 
incredible, how incredible it is that we think that we are the center of the universe. I mean, it's incredibly ridiculous. But isn't that where our heart takes us? Isn't that when you boil it all down to what makes us upset, to when we throw our toys out the cot, when we sin, ultimately it's because we think and believe and act as if we are the center of the universe. How on earth is this going to change? It's going to change in view of God's mercy. Amen? That's how it's going to change. We come out of praise and 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 service on Sunday. And what do we do? We, we're not even a kilometer down the road. We're having an argument with our spouse about what's for lunch. Why? Because we think we are the center of the universe. How is this going to change? It's going to change by looking at the grace of God. And what a payload of grace we have received. Amen. What a payload of grace we have received. You read, we're in Romans chapter 12 looking at the directives to our hearts because we've had Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 describe for us, illustrate for us, point us, teach us, indoctrinate us, realign our thinking about the magnitude and scope of the grace of God. That is what's going to change us, friend. And so as we look at these next few directives, take note, do not lose sight of the grace of God and its magnitude. That alone is what's going to change us. That alone is what's going to enable our change. And that alone is what's going to complete our life change, our conformity into Christ. Amen. That's what it's that's what's going to to have this, you know, as Romans eight tells us, we have been predestined to conform to this image. How is that possible? Only by the grace of God. And it is a slow change. It's a, it's, a, it's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey. But this is our direction. We are under the reign of grace. The reign of grace. And what are we taking aim at today? Well, we're taking aim at the same thing we've been always taking aim at. And that is the self. The heart. Hmm? The self. The heart. That's what we're taking aim at. Grace puts the self and the heart in its crosshairs and grace will not let it go until it's done its work so as it zones in on the self um, because we're under the reign of grace that's its job that's what it's going to do that's what's going to transact in us it's going to undo uh, and blow away those things that hold us to the reign of sin it's going to blow away the, the self Undo the self-centeredness. Undo the self-absorption. Okay? And so many other things. But that's what we're taking aim at this morning with these verses. And that's where we come to in Romans chapter 12 from verse 14 to 16. Are you ready? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Let's just pray. Dear God, just reading these words, our hearts ache. Just reading these words, we realize how far short we fall. 
just reading these words, it feels, and we can immediately relate to how impossible some of the sounds, how unrealistic, how unnatural, how alien these directives come to us. But God, we know your grace. We know your love. And we thank you, God, knowing that Jesus, who came, who lived, who died and rose again, now exalted to the right hand of the Father, with all authority under his feet. We know how it ends. And so we will embrace this. We will embrace these directors. We will take this word to heart. And we will allow it to do its work. Well, however hard it is, however debasing it is, however impossible, however difficult and painful, we will embrace it because we know how it ends, Lord. It's going to end well for those who trust in you, who obey you. And Lord Jesus, I pray your Holy Spirit would take these things and tattoo them to us and make this authentic. Put grace, give grace feet, uh, muscle and bone and flesh. We would have this grace lived out in our lives. Amen. All right. All right. Well, you, you just heard it. And if you have your Bible open, you've just read it. That's what we're going to be looking at this morning. <laughs> bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Yep, it's in the Bible. I mean, that goes against everything, doesn't it? Your own constitution. It goes against culture. It goes against the world. And, and so these directives, are. it's almost like they're becoming more and more and more personal. It's, it's becoming right into our hearts. That's what the grace of God wants to do. And uh, we're looking at three very basic things, but very difficult things, but very significant things for our lives. And the first one is bless those who persecute you. What do we mean by bless? Well, bless different people, bless people in different ways. You know, the, 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 the basic definition of bless, the root of it is to bestow favor. Okay, so you could read it like this. Um, be positive. Be positive. Um, I want somebody else's best. I have goodwill towards who? Those who persecute you. All right. So when God blesses people, God bestows his favor. He brings them happiness. When people bless God, we express our praise. We give God favor. When people bless others, what are, we, what are they doing when we say bless you? We actually this is what we mean. We want God's favor to be on them. We want God to deal with them favorably. That's what we want. We want what's best for them. Obviously, by God's definitions, we want what's best for them. And so when we say bless your enemies, we say we want God's best for them. And the directive to us is bless those who persecute you. I and mean, that could mean any, any mistreatment to the Christian any mistreatment. We're not going to explore the scope of, of that. That's, you can apply that to yourself. And, but what is clear is that Paul is very clear. This wasn't a slip in the pen. He says in verse 14, Bless those who persecute you. Semicolon. He says it again. Bless. He says it twice. And then he says it a third time. And do not curse. So it's pretty clear what Paul's intention is here. And the command is no excuse. Uh, the, the call from God to us, this is what God's desire is for us. 
all right, is that we actually wish our enemies be blessed by God. I mean, it's one thing not to retaliate, not to mutter, not to take revenge. It's one not to scheme, up, up, to manipulate, right? That, that's one thing. But it's another thing. It's another thing. Not to take revenge, not to scheme, and in your heart actually wish them God's best. You know what I mean? This is a this is a different level. I mean, I, we we could all sort of look at each other in the church and say, "Yeah, you know what? We we don't take revenge. We don't scot, uh, plot and scheme. Um, we we don't we don't do that. We don't retaliate." But would you say that everyone in the church, in their heart, they are wishing their enemies God's best? You know, we sort of say, "Vengeance is the Lord's," and I hope it happens. <laughs> that. I hope I'm not being too unfair, but that's sort of what we say. Vengeance is the Lord's. And the way we say it and the, the tone we, we use it, we also, we like mean it. We say, yes, and I hope it happens. But that's not what Paul is saying. He's saying, bless those who persecute you. You actually want their best. Proverbs 17 verse 5, he who rejoices at calamity will not go unpunished. Okay. And, and, this is so much in our culture. Oh. To not do anything is almost like looked down upon. It happened even the, in this week in our local newspaper, you know. Uh, those four hardy dogs that were killed at um, Hutchinson Park. I mean, the rage and the rants and the, you know, what they want to do to the people who shot those birds. I mean, if you don't react to that, you're sort of like, well, is that good? You know, and now they're saying on social media, you know, kill them. Kill the guys that killed the birds. I mean, really? Do you, these people actually know what they're saying? Kill the person that killed the birds? Really? I'm not saying that shooting the birds was, was right. But that's, no Christian will say that. And our hearts will not go that way. Amen? All right. Now, remember, what does grace want to do? Grace wants to come into the heart, and it wants to dethrone the self. It wants to dethrone the self. Um, and one of the ways it does that is it commands us to bless our enemies. We are eager, and we are asking, we are praying for God to do that for them. For them. Now, the last time you reacted to some affliction, how did it go? How did it go? What was your first response? And uh, generally speaking, it probably didn't go well. And then there's some afterthought and some rethinking, and then you reckon, you know what? Next time that happens, I'm going to respond in a in a better way. All right. Now, what we need to work on is closing that gap. Closing that gap. When those things occur and we react in a poor manner, it's only exposing the self that still remains in the heart. It's, that's what it's exposing. Expose the old man. The old man that died when you gave your life to Christ. It's exposing that he is still there or she is still there. But grace has got that in view and wants to dismantle that. So what are some things you can tell yourself when you're afflicted, all right. When an, when an enemy 
is antagonistic or you suffer some harm, okay, what do you do? Well, Jesus says in Matthew 5.44 that you pray for them. Speak kindly. Do not slander. Encourage, build up, and forgive them. That's what Jesus says. And I know this is hard. This is very hard. But we're talking the universe of the heart. We're talking grace for real, authentic Christian living, the real deal. Okay? So when you're tempted to respond poorly, think for a moment. I want you to think about hell for a moment. I think thinking about hell does us good for a few reasons. Think about that enemy and think that their name is not in the book of life. Think about that. Think that that person, if he dies in his current state without Christ, will be in the lake of fire for eternity. I don't know if you enjoy watching boxing, but I, I enjoy watching boxing. And, you know, you, you sort of get worked up. You get worked up. You know who you're going for and who you're rooting for. Um, normally rooting for the underdog. Um, and so a round is about three minutes. And there's a to and fro, to and fro. And you know what? Your guy comes up with a wonderful shot. He comes up with a wonderful uppercut or a jab. He gets the guy stunned. And the boxing just continues. Your guy is winning. And he's pounding and pounding and pounding away. And at first, you're like, yes. Okay, we're going to win. This is great. Build the points. Knock him out. Okay? But the boxer keeps going. And he keeps going. Now, fortunately, there's a ref that will call it quits. Okay? That's what the ref is for. But I want you to think about hell next time your enemy pounds. Okay? Because in hell, the pounding continues. In hell, that enemy will continue to receive a pounding for eternity. He will continue to be the object of God's wrath in the lake of fire. Never mind three minutes. The next 3,000 years, the next 26,000 years, the next 50,000 years, the next 100,000 years, the next 200,000 years. Into eternity, your enemy will continue to receive a pounding. Now, you, no human can watch that on television. No human. In fact, even though I'm going for my underdog and my underdog is pounding away at, and winning the match, okay, there would be a riot if the referee did not step in and call the fight quit. You with me? You can't pound the guy for another three rounds, another three minutes. That's unjust. That's not right. But think about that. The enemy that's pounding you, you respond positively because you pity that person. You, you empathize with that person. That person does not know God and is going to receive a pounding for eternity. And that hurts. And our hearts break at that, don't they? Our hearts break at that. Lord, have mercy on our enemies because as they stand unforgiven, they are under the reign of sin. And that's not a good place to be. This is what happens in the hearts, man, friends. You remember when Acts, in, in the book of Acts, when Stephen was martyred, okay? What were Stephen's words? What were Stephen's words? Lord, do not hold the sin against them. Mm. What about John Hooper? John Hooper was a martyr. Um, he's been put on the stake and he's about to be burned. And the guy that comes with a torch to light the wood, he says to John, John, forgive me, I have to start the fire. And John Hooper says to him, you have done nothing to offend me. May God forgive your sins. Remember Jesus' words on the cross? 
on the cross, what's Jesus' response? Father, forgive them. All right? Friends, this is the way, and this is how we walk. This is where we're going. Another thing to think about is that you are to take faith. Take faith. Listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. You see what happens there? What did Jesus do in those times of afflictions? He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And that's what we ought to do. We ought to entrust ourselves to God. God knows. He knows all. He sees all. And we entrust ourselves to him and we take faith. We take faith. And I think another thing we can do is that we don't have to wait until we're persecuted or wait till there's an affliction. You can start today with all, you know, those petty offenses, those, those inconveniences, those irritations, or all those things. They are so good for us. Why? Because they're going to purge the muttering. When the muttering stops, you know grace is changing your life. Amen? Until the muttering stops, believe it, friend, the old self is still very much alive in the heart. But grace is going to take aim at that. And I often think that sometimes our problems are perfect. I sometimes think our problems are perfect because they know exactly what needs to be worked out of our hearts. Amen? Now, none of this is possible. Friends, if you're listening to this and you have not received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have not had your heart revolutionized, I mean extremely made over by the grace of God, this is impossible. This is impossible. And, and, and if this seems impossible, if this command seems way too far, too far, then Christian, you need to think again. Do you really understand grace? Do you really understand the payload of grace you have received? If this directive does not sit well with you and something that you, for, you, you just ignore or deny, then friends, you need to reconsider your standing before God. Honestly. Honestly. Okay, well, it's easy if non-believers treat us. So, you know, what about a Christian? It's the same thing. Man. Whether it's a believer or an unbeliever, this is our response. Well, how do you know this is going to work out? We know this is going to work out because this is the way Jesus did it. In Philippians chapter 2, we ought to have the same mindset of Christ, not to, not to pursue uh, selfish ambition or vain conceit, but to consider others better than ourselves. And that's everyone. And how does that work out? How did it work out for Jesus? Yes, he died, he suffered, he died. And was buried, yes, but he rose again and was exalted and given the name above all names and all authority under his feet and the center of the universe. It, it ended well. So that's how we know this is going to work out and that this way is the way, the truth, and the life. So we have to do this. One pastor put it like this, Only be offended by what offends God and nothing else. Only be offended by what offends God and nothing else. Number two, the verse continues, Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Remember, 
uh, verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. In other words, together we are to feel together with others. This is how grace dismantles the self, okay? The old man or the old woman that died, that died. We need to feel this together. Now, well, that's, that sounds like pretty okay. All right, all right, here we go. I, I can do this. All right, okay, hold on, hold on. You know, going back to my boxing analogy, if I'm rooting for blue gloves and I'm on the blue team and my guy wins, all right, um, then I win. I, I, you know, if my team wins, I've gained from that. So I'm, re- I'm feeling with him. Well, and, and conversely, if we lose, we lose together. But that's not the, what this verse is saying. This verse is saying, I don't know if that was a good analogy or not, but this is saying re- rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Okay. It, for the, whether you won or not, when you didn't win, or when you didn't lose yourself. Okay? So this is at heart level. Let me put it to you this way. If you are experiencing verse 14, you know, persecution. You're experiencing persecution. You pray for your enemy. God bless my enemy. All right? And your enemy gets blessed. He, you know, in whatever way. His life circumstances far outweigh yours in a positive way and you're still experiencing persecution that is a very hard ask and that's what the verse is asking it's saying you still rejoice with them (laughs) you still rejoice with them even though you're suffering it's a double ask and friends not to rejoice with those who rejoice is a sin and not to mourn with those who mourn is also a sin But these are very, they are high asks for us. They are high asks. And I'll tell you why they're high asks in a minute. But what if you're experiencing, verse 14, persecution, and someone else is experiencing uh, mourning? All right? What do we tend to do? Well, we still tend to measure it. Well, my morning is better than his morning, or his situation is worse than my situation. It's a double ask. I'm, I'm already persecuted. I mean, how can I really mourn with that person? I don't have it. It's a double ask. I mean, it's not natural to give joy when our circumstances are difficult. That's the truth. It's not natural to give joy when our own circumstances are difficult. But friends, this is where Christ comes to play. Now we're depending, we're digging deep into the grace, the love, the promises, the truth of God. We're digging deep into Him. We're drawing from Him this life, this ability. Okay? Because grace doesn't just give a command. Grace gives you the power. Gives you the power. And it's often when you're at the end of your rope, that's when Christ kicks in and says, Right, you've come to the end of yourself. I will give you this life. I will give you this blessing. I will give you this grace to rejoice with those who rejoice, even though you've gained nothing. And I will give you the grace to mourn with those who mourn, even though 
your situation hasn't changed. You're with me. This is a life under the reign of grace. This is real, authentic Christian living. Real Christian living. And to mourn with those who mourn, friends, it's, it's, it's getting into the water with them. Getting into the, I know, it, it is right. We probably do not understand what the, fully what our brother or our sister is going through. But friends, don't just dip your toe in the water and say, oh, you know what, you're right, this water is cold. No, no, no. We don't just dip our toe in the water. We get in the water with them. We feel with them. We empathize with them. We live with them, share with them. We share that burden. And as you listen to this, I know everyone is growing in different degrees in this. But this is our Savior, isn't it? This is our Jesus, Isaiah 53, 3 to 4. How was Jesus with this? He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. It's our Jesus. What are some things that could be holding you back from rejoicing with others who are rejoicing? Well, some of the, some of the stuff in you could be self-absorption, self-interest, envy, entitlement, discontentment, pride, Lack of love, lack of faith. Those things are toxic at heart level. And those things were what we were under the reign of sin. Remember the old self? We died to that. Now that, there's still residuals of that left. There's still residuals of that, but we need to exterminate that. And that's what grace wants to do. It's going to cut the self-absorption, the self-interest, the envy, the entitlement, the discontentment, the pride, the lack of love, and the lack of faith. It's going to hit those things. If you can't weep with those who weep, what could be the problem there? Well, if you can't weep with those who weep, maybe it's because you don't know who is weeping. And that's a sin. That's a, you, you're in a body. You're in a family. You've got to know. You've got to get to know. Or remain sinning. And if you know, you can't, you can't just ignore it. You can't just say, I don't care. It's your problem. I mean, we looked at that last week. We're a family. Your problem is my problem. So we can't remain proud and oblivious and pay no attention. We can't have apathy and a lack of love and not care. I know COVID has dealt us a huge blow and sure, a large portion of us, if not all of us, are just, you know, trying to survive. And we've got different contexts and, and different areas, but we've all got a common parallel and that is a very big burden, you know, a, a double burden for many of us. Okay? I mean, we go around the circle just in our small group and we realize what our guys are carrying. And you think, wow. How is that guy enduring? You know, considering the, the cross he has to carry, the stresses, the trials, the afflictions. Okay? But, uh, but besides that, they, they're still rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep. And why do, they do, why do we do that? We do it because it's good medicine for us in our trials. 
It is good for us to look beyond our own hardships and our own successes and embrace others with sympathy. It is good for us. It's good for us. Here's the last directive for the morning. Verse 16 comes in three parts. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. And you can summarize all that up in one word, and that's called humility. Humility is like a pellet gun. Humility is what's going to shoot the ego. Um, I mean, ego is like one big hot air balloon, isn't it? Full of nothing, very hard to maintain, and very delicate. <laughs> all right, but humility is a pellet gun to the ego. It's all, I would say it's a pellet gun to self-absorption, the balloon of self-centeredness, the balloon of envy, the balloon of entitlement, the balloon of discontentment and pride and lack of love and lack of faith. You hold on to those balloons and they will take you to the stratosphere. They will take you to the stratosphere and that is not a good place to be. But in humility, if you allow humility to shoot those balloons, okay, Friends, in the reign of grace, this ends well. It, it ends well. How do we have harmony with one another? We have harmony when we let go of some of the balloons that we're holding. Let's, let's go on with that. Some of the stuff that we're holding keeps us from others. Did you know that? Never mind self-absorption, centeredness. Entitlement, discontent, pride, lack of love, lack of faith. All right? But whatever is not heavenly, not eternal, not biblical, not truth, you let it go. You let it go. And you become one with the body. None of that stuff must inhibit you from joining the body. And humility will bring that together now what brings us together well it's verse 9 actually love must be sincere what kind of love agape love jesus love that's what brings us together and that's what will keep us together looking to the truth in christ looking up to christ the more closer we walk to christ the closer we find ourselves with each other and as we become more conformed to christ as we become more selfless self-denying we become closer and closer to each other all right because he says as if in, in different ways in verse 16 he says live in harmony yes do not be proud don't be don't think of yourself as high and lofty and with a huge self-estimation that other people are under you in intellect in wisdom in ideas and life skills no 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 uh, no one is below you. You put that to death. Let go of those balloons. In another way, he says, be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't get carried away. Uh, in fact, you get carried away with those in low position. Go for it. You take that and run. Go and have your way. You know, just go crazy with people of low position. Oh, that'll do us well. There's no one that's too poor for you. 
There's no one that's too rich for you. There's no one with, that's too theological for you. There's no one who's too different from you. There's no one under you. Let's get carried away with people. Let's get carried away. And then he says it in another way. Don't be conceited. That's the bottom line. Don't be conceited. In other words, don't trust yourself. You don't trust yourself. Now I know this whole generation listening has been brought up with Disney. And Disney movies all tell you, trust your heart. Be led by your heart. <laughs> okay? Am I being too critical? But, you know, look at your heart. Free your heart. No, friends, don't listen to Disney. You listen, listen to King Solomon, Proverbs 3, 5. Says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Proverbs twelve fifteen: The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but the wise man listens to counsel. Proverbs fourteen twelve: There is a way which seems right to a man, but the end is death. Proverbs sixteen verse two: All the ways of man are clean in his own sight, but the but the Lord weighs the motives. You don't trust yourself. Don't be conceited. Under the reign of grace, we know better than to trust our own hearts. Okay. So, look, dismantling the self is hard. It's hard. I don't think anyone would put their hand up if I asked, who's there? Okay, who has reigned? Who has knocked out this um, in one round? Who's knocked this out? Who has stopped boxing this self? No one's going to put up their hand. Okay. And yes, who, who could possibly understand what you're going through? Who, who, it's, it's difficult. We're all going through so much. There's so many facets to what we're going through. But we're not going to end there in defeat and in ignorance. We're going to end with Romans 11.33. Do you know the depths and the riches of the knowledge of God. I know it's hard. No one understands. But do you know the depths and riches of the knowledge of God? Do you know the height, the breadth, the length, the width of the love of Christ? Do you know it? It's greater. It's wider. It's broader. It's deeper. The payload of grace is greater than this difficulty. And this payload of grace packs a punch for the self. Okay? It packs a punch. And it is the jet fuel for your obedience. Amen? It is the jet fuel. So how do we win this? How do we win this? We win this the way you came to know Jesus in the first place. By putting your hands up and saying, Yes, Lord, you got me. That response was not... You're right. That response was not right. That response was the old self. That enemy is pulling stuff out of me. I didn't know we're still there. <laughs> it's not the enemy's fault. It's your fault because it's in your heart. Lord, help me. You got me. And don't just help me not take revenge. Don't just help me not put something stupid on Facebook. Don't just help me not to mutter. Lord, you help me. 
that I would start praying for them and start praying for blessings on them. You changed my heart. Yes, Lord, you got me. I'm not rejoicing with those who are rejoicing. I'm coveting. I'm jealous. I'm bitter. God, help me. You're right. This is how you do it, with grace. You receive his forgiveness. And you say, Lord, come and take center stage of my life. Help me to rejoice. Help me to rejoice with those who, even if I'm not getting anything, help me to rejoice. Help me to mourn with those who mourn. You got me, Lord. My mourning has been so shallow. All I'm doing is just sending text messages. I'm not getting involved. All I'm doing is saying, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm not doing anything about it. Please help me, Lord. Under the reign of grace, make this real for me that I can share my brother's burdens. Oh, Father, and please, you got me. I'm so full of myself. How on earth did I get this backwards that I think the world, the earth, the universe evolves around me? Please forgive me. The earth, the world evolves around you. All right? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. You've got me, Lord. Ground me. Ground me. Sort this out. Grace, you take aim at this and cleanse me. Forgive me. Help me not to be conceited. I come. I humble myself before you. And I know that is the wisest, most loving position I could be. Is before you in humility. Trusting you to change my heart as I walk in obedience and in faith. Help me to take faith. Help me to take faith. Help me to take faith. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning's word. Dear God, we know these words come like uppercuts, body shots. They hurt because we know we, we know the truth about ourselves. You know the truth about ourselves, but we thank you, Lord Jesus. When we gave our life to you, you know past, present, future. You have cleansed us. You have made us new. You knew the self that you were working at. And by your grace, to you who are able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the throne of grace, to you be glory forever and ever. We thank you, God, that you will get this done. But Lord Jesus, we would pray with the power of of the Holy Spirit, the help of the Word of God, the help and love and care of the church, that we would fast forward this work and in us you would transform us under this reign of grace. Help us, Lord, to respond better to our enemies. Help us to respond better to those who rejoice. Help us to respond better to those who mourn. Help us to respond better when we feel that we are owed more than we ought. Lord God, come in, cleanse, make us new, make us right. And we would pray, Lord God, you take all the glory for any good that comes out of us. For for you alone, Lord, deserve all that credit. Lord, we pray it would be the nature, characteristic of the church to be just this, that our love would be sincere in this way. In your name we pray and hope and live. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our ABC podcast today. If you'd like to know more about ABC, then please check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, or our website. We also have resources we'd like to share freely to everyone uh, through Right Now Media. We have a channel with them, and we'd love to share you that link. Just email us on totibaptists at gmail.com. 
or WhatsApp us directly on 079-033-228 and we'll get you in touch with those links and resources. If you have a prayer request or an item of praise or a question, then also feel free to get in touch with us via those links. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and give you His peace. Thank you.